Welcome back to the Technology in Worship podcast. I'm your host, Eric Coleman, and I'm here with my good buddy, Benji Torius. Benji, we get to have Eric. a conversation that I've been looking forward to okay. today. What is it about? Well, it is about Monitor World. Okay. And I would love to just get some insight from you as to A, what that is, B, how to set it up, how it should be set up, how you've been using it, and C, just everything in between. Okay. And I'm really excited because this Harvest... Is a, this is kind of a new adventure for this you. Is, yeah, this is a new adventure for us yes. at Harvest. Um, Before we get too far... Oh, yeah, I know. Let's... Um, there's lots of different ways to run monitors. Yes. Lots of different ways. So uh, for those of you that are unsure or this is kind of new for you or you're in a smaller setting and just not quite sure how to hook things up, there's lots of different ways to run monitors. So first way would be just off your main soundboard, you have typically aux sense, and then those are typically outputs on the back of your board. Depending on the board, that could be a quarter-inch jack or XLR. You take those to a powered speaker or an amp, and then the amp to the speaker, and you have a monitor, typically what you would call a wedge or a speaker on the stage, pointed back at the musicians or the singers, and so they can hear themselves. And that is because, contrary to maybe popular belief, it actually is harder to hear yourself when you're on stage. Well, yeah, because you're behind the, the you're, you're behind the speakers. I know it makes <laughs> it makes sense now, but yes. I'm not sure that some average listeners might know that. Yes, when you're on the stage, it's typically a lot quieter, um, but the speakers are pointed away from you, so you cannot actually really hear what all the other musicians are doing, or what yourself is doing, or singing, or playing, or whatever. So, so it sounds like a very muddy, jumbled mess right. as, as a musician. Really, before the sound gets to you, it probably hits off about 10 different walls. <laughs> yeah. You know, it hits the side wall and the back wall and goes through some people and other ceilings and things like that. And then it finally reaches you who knows how many milliseconds later and then everyone expects you to be on time. So it's very important to be able to hear what you're doing and what everyone else around you yes. is doing. Yes. So that's a very basic, just aux send off the board into a powered speaker or an amp and then to a speaker. That's a quick and easy way to get a monitor. Depending on your board, will determine how many monitors you can have. So depending on how many aux sends and things like that. So taking it one step further would be in-ear monitors, which yes. would be the better route to go because the idea is you want the stage as quiet as possible. And so the more speakers you have on stage, the louder it is, which hurts a lot of different areas. So one, you have to have your monitor louder so you can hear. And those that are in the room that are attending the service and the audio engineer has to turn the mix louder to compensate for the louder stage. We've got an episode coming up semi soon where we're we're going to talk about how to have 
a quiet stage, but that's just a little little hint, a little hint at, uh, at our what plans. We'll, what we'll be talking about. Uh, but so having an in-ear monitor system is really the best way to go about having monitors. It's also really great to have the in-ear monitors when it comes to the click and cues side of it, a production. Yes. Because you don't want <laughs> beep, boop, 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 <laughs> beep coming through your floor wedges. No, no, you really and, don't. And um, you also don't want the chorus two, three, right. four. Right, no, that would not be good either. Um, so but then at least the congregation would also be on they time. Would be totally and they would be totally aware of would know where on. They would know where the song's going. <laughs> so yeah, so that's just a quick, quick way. Right, so you got stage monitor and you've got in your monitors, all from front of house. Taking that a step further would be a personal mixing or p- personal mixer setup, uh, like an Avium. Midas has one. Behringer has one. Alan and Heath. Alan and Heath. Or we have you a third a, party. You used to have a MyMix we, system. We're currently still using. Kinda we're currently using, using a MyMix system, which is very similar. Um, which it is an in-ear system, or I guess potentially you could plug in a wedge you could. to it, a powered yep. wedge yep. or powered speaker of some sort. What we've been running into right now is that most of those, at least the earlier models of these personal monitor mixer solutions, are they are limited to 16 channels. Now, a lot of them do have more now, yep. um, but in our case, we're, we've been limited to that. And they're all 16 mono channels. Yeah, basic basic uh, processing. You might be able to do EQ. You might be able to do panning. And then you're typically limited to 16 channels. That's typically, as far as like the early generation AVMs and, and all of them uh, work. But in a smaller scale, that's an easy way to get monitors off of a digital board and not tie up auxes and outputs and things like that. And it's really scalable because most of these are ran through a network switch. And they, some get power over Ethernet. Yep, some get power over Ethernet. Ours do. So we have actually a couple switches in line for our MyMix scenario so we can really just keep going until our switch runs out of Right. Can you daisy chain off of? spots. Yeah. Each pack? Uh I know with like the Avions, you can daisy chain. I don't off. believe there's an out on it. Okay, so, so it only, only one, one network cable. In. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the next step after just a basic in your monitor stage wedge system off a of front of house, and then I would say probably the next step from that would be a whole separate monitor board, um, which typically is located off stage or up on the stage, but off to the side, somewhere up front. And that could be a lot of different types of setups from there. But that gives you total flexibility because now you're not adjust, front of house is not really adjusting the monitors. Monitors, what they are, whatever they do, does not affect front of house. So it's kind of two separate systems um, with lots of lots of flexibility. And it sounds like that's what you guys are going towards. That's where we're headed. We recently purchased a Yamaha TF sound console. One? One, a TF1. Yep. 
So it's really the little guy. But knowing that we're going to be using digital inputs sent to it over Dante, that really just made sense. And we didn't, it made sense in the sense it was the biggest bang for a buck because we couldn't invest a ton into it at this time. So we have that. I've basically unboxed it at this point. That's a good first step. That's a good first step. (laughs) I've powered it on. I've connected it to our network. I've ran, like also connected it to the Dante network. So I plugged in the Dante card, got that up and running. And I've ran, uh, basically I've opened the software. I've named different channels. I've set different channels as stereo mono. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm getting familiar with it. Because you're this right is, now. This is new. This is a new manufacturer for you because you're running an Allen and Heath yes. world typically. Right at now Harvest. we have two Allen and Heath boards on site and one Yamaha older right. O1V. Yep. I'm just looking for your insight as to how to go about it. I I am also through this process. I am also finding out this soundboard's limitations, and obviously the more the bigger board you get or different things like that, the more scalable it is. Yep. So really, I've found out now, even though technically it says it's a 40-channel board, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. really you can only run 34 Dante inputs, Uh which is kind of strange to me. It's not 40. It's not actually 40. (laughs) You're right. And... That's partly because even though it's also like a 32 channel, some of the board inputs are, you know, there's like eight onboard inputs right. that so are they, like stereo yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Or aux, So aux they count sends. those, but they don't allow you to have a Dante input. input. Yep. Only one of them allows you to do that, which is why I'm saying it's 34. Mm-hmm. As far as I've discovered, if someone else has discovered something different, please let me know. I'm brand new to this. <laughs> um, but obviously, that is still way more than we're used to. That's double that's, that's what we're used to. more than 16, to. yes. Um, and, uh, and another limitation we have is that scalability. The uh, MyMix system, I could just plug in and my mix anywhere I want to go as long as we had them available to us uh, which we were able to get some used units so that was super awesome but now we are limited to what is actually on the console as far as the output side of it correct which it has eight mono on the top section and then six stereo outputs on the lower section. Okay. The mono ones up top can be linked, so they can become stereo. stereo. Yep. So that gets you four stereo, stereo or eight mono. up top, plus six at the bottom. So potentially right. 10 stereo. Yep. Which is quite a few. Which is quite a few. Yep. But I think this last weekend we had 12 people on stage. That's also quite a few. So that scenario wouldn't exactly work (laughs) 
for that. So now we have to decide ahead of time and preset like, okay. So you're, you're already maxing the board out. Basically, before we're already you, maxing the board before out before you we've used, used it. it. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I'm also thinking through, technically, we don't have enough wireless units right now either. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about, now that you have a monitor board, how do you get those signals to the players? So um, the MyMix system, Avion systems, all those, they typically will uh, be positioned by each person. Uh, comes down a line with a Cat5, Cat6 cable, has a headphone jack on the unit. You plug your headphones in, and that's how the band and singers get the signal. When you go to a monitor board, now you still have those typically aux sends, like we were just talking about at front of house. Um, but now you still need to get those outputs to the people. So there's two ways to do that. One would be a stage wedge, which again, we really don't want to go that route. Or you have in your monitors, which would typically be a wireless system. And so there's a lot of different companies out there. We are a big Sure company here. So we have Sure PSM 300s for our vocals. And we have PSM 900s and a couple of hardwire packs for our band. So that would be how you would get the signal out of the board to your singers and band members. But obviously those also come with a cost. I believe I just looked it up. A PSM 300 is like seven or 800 bucks per unit. So that can be pretty costly. But again, we want the stage as quiet as possible. So getting in your monitors is, is uh, the right way to do it. And the wireless solution obviously gives the, the musicians and vocalists on stage a lot more freedom and flexibility yep. to move around. You could use a XLR converter, like a preamp box. Yes. Potentially, but then that would be obviously a wired monitor yes. solution. So our drummer and our keyboard player are on hardwire packs which we actually use the Focusrite uh, RedNet AM2 headphone adapter boxes, which are Dante. They get power over Ethernet, uh, and they just go right onto our Dante network, and we patch the output. Th the output directly to that. And so it's a hardwire pack. It's got a headphone jack on it, and they just connect in from there. So they're not moving around, so there's no point in paying for the wireless part of those. Yeah, there's certain positions on stage that don't move very much, right. so yep. they can still remain wired. Yep. And I think we will still have to keep some of ours wired for the time being until we build up the, wi our, the wireless, wireless pack yep. infrastructure. Yep. So what I've been thinking about doing, and okay. you can tell me. Can I laugh at it? Yes. All right. Here's where I'm at. Okay. We currently have available to us seven wireless PSM 300 packs. That's a lot of packs. Which is not which is a lot. That's a lot. That covers our frontline vocalists. Okay. And that's it right now. You have seven vocalists? We have had seven vocalists this past weekend. That's a lot of vocalists. And 
Yeah, it's a lot. But that's what we've had. <laughs> so basically right now we are reserving our wireless for our singers because mm-hmm. they're up front. Yep. And they're moving on and off stage. And we want them to have more freedom. And the backline musicians are wired in to their MyMix station directly. Okay. Okay. All right. I feel like I do need to back up a little bit. Okay. So previously, we did have all wired MyMix stations. Singers up front would have a dangling extension straight down to their MyMix station. Yep. Somehow, this was one of those moments where I had a thought. I was like, I wonder if this network thing is actually scalable through like another switch. Mm -hmm. I didn't. That is a whole new world to me. Okay. So I tried it out and it worked. So I had one Ethernet cable coming off of the main switch. Yeah. To an I tried to another switch and then I plugged a MyMix into that new switch. Yeah. And it powered on and was receiving audio. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've built this like little monitor cart. Yes. For our vocalists to use where it has the MyMix stations on top and then it has wireless transmitters below it where I had to look at Benji to make sure I was saying the right thing. The right lingo. (laughs) It does get confusing. It does. Transmitter, receiver. You're transmitting the audio out to the singer. So therefore it's a transmitter. Um, (laughs) So... The transmitter is right below. My mix sends audio out of it through yep. quarter inch out into the transmitter. And we are running. So I, I guess I forgot this part too. We have three PSM 300s, but we're using those for six units. And that is because we are splitting the signal to be mono. <laughs> for those units. Well, I mean, that's how it's manufactured to to be ran. Well, it's one way. One 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 way how it's yeah. manufactured. Yeah. Or stereo. Huh. So we have to pan on the MyMix units every channel to the right side and every channel to the left side for the two different packs to work on two different MyMix stations. That sounds so confusing. It is. And sometimes the pack does not remember, hey, I'm supposed to stay on the right side. Because you also have to tell the pack, pan all the way to the right. Right. But I wanted to give a picture of what our current wireless cart situation is like. So you really have three PSM 300 Transmitters and one nine hundred and one nine hundred. That is stereo. Because I thought you said you had seven. That's where the the panning, the, the separating. That's where I'm saying yeah. yeah. There's six okay. individual mixes Got off it. of those, and then there's one nine hundred that is a stereo. Got it. Okay. So that's the seven. Okay. Now I'm starting to follow. Okay. All right. Follow me further. Okay. Come with me we're, down the road. We're, we're still going down the road. Okay. So implementing this new TF1 yes. mixer will replace the MyMix units. Right. 
on that little cart. Correct. So my mixer is gone. The intention right now is to basically plug the the outputs of the TF1 into those same okay. inputs on the transmitters. Okay. I don't believe I'll have to do the whole panning craziness outside of the pack itself this time around. Because okay. it'll be set up as a mono right. omni out Correct. on the board. Correct. I'll still have to pan the pack itself. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that takes care of those six mono auxes, and then one of those would be the stereo. And mm-hmm. I'm just giving you the current, like, quick run through of yeah. how I'm planning to set this up. Okay. And then we can change it. And then we can change it because right. that's what I would love to do. <laughs> but the current plan has been to still run my mix simultaneously for the band. Okay. So not much changes there except instead of running individual vocals because that's what we've been doing right now. And when we have seven vocals on stage, that takes up seven channels on the MyMix. So instead of doing that, running those into a group for the MyMix. Okay. And then they just have one channel that they turn up and down for vocals. Because really, they're, they are listening for the lead vocal. So as we turn that up and down at front of house, it would change there. Yeah. So, but that was that was my old plan. <laughs> so you have a new plan. I have a new plan. And then we'll have another new and plan. And then we'll have another new plan. My newer plan is to take our... So we have the physical outs, and we would be limited there no matter what, especially if we start running more stereo packs, because you can only run eight stereo off of it. Mm-hmm. And as we've discussed, we've had seven singers this past weekend. Right. So, but then again, the board is also limited because it can only do six, well, really 10 stereo if if everyone needs stereo. But I'm sure we'll have to make some compromise here and there on who's mono and who's stereo, whether that's yeah. a musician is mono or their stereo or singer, vice versa. Anyway, all that aside... The new plan is actually to run, yes, the seven Omni outs just with our current stuff right into the packs, or not the packs, but the transmitters. The PSM 300s. Yep, and the 1900. But then over Dante, routing the other outs of the TF1 to the MyMix stations. Mm-hmm. So they have now more control over all of those 34 channels digitally. And then they just have like a master volume essentially on their station. Yeah. So basically you have a my mix station that's just controlling An amplifier. a up and down volume and giving them a headphone jack basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay current flaws in that idea are obviously still scalability because at that point I'm using all the probably at that point using all of the auxes on the board 
Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Mimix, we could add more musicians if we do Mimix, more vocalists if the vocalists are dedicated to the TF1, mm-hmm. which has been the current plan is to kind of keep vocalists are TF1. So we're, we'd almost be running two, we would be running two monitor stations. I'm over here shaking my head, but okay. Instead of one. One. <laughs> okay. All right, Benji. <laughs> I'm sure all the listeners right now are like, what did Eric just talk about for the last 10 minutes or however long you were just talking about? Sum it up. Sum it up. All right, you've got a, you've got a mess going on. Thank you. <laughs> okay, you ready to fix this? Here's what I would do. This is probably... Get well, a bigger board? Well, yeah. Probably every person out there that's listening probably has their own opinion of what to do to fix this. Or they're completely lost because they're like, I have no idea have no what idea. you just talked about. Eric, you're crazy. Yeah. I say that every time that Eric talks to me about his routings and stuff. That's because the Allen and Heath is not straightforward. <laughs> right. To sum it up, here's what I would well no. So to clean it up, here's probably what I would suggest. How many my mix packs do you have? Just off the top of your head. Five, ten, twenty, approximately? Approximately ten. Ten. Okay. No. Approximately fourteen. Holy cow. Fourteen. I went up four and you're saying holy cow. That's a lot. When you start at 10, it's almost 50 almost a 50% increase. That's true, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Go sell those. Oh. And get rid of them. Okay. Because you're gonna make some money back. I am. Well, hopefully you sell them for money. Oh, yeah. So therefore you get you get money back. (laughs) Sell them. Get rid of them. Because you don't need them. Okay? Okay. I'm sure there's a listener out there that's like, ooh, I'll take them. Oh, Instagram message us. So DM us. Technology in worship. Yes. DM us if you would like a sweet deal on some MyMix, a MyMix system, basically. 10 or 14 packs. Okay. We'll, we'll, uh, I will give you a sweet deal. They're not yours to give the deal. Yeah, but I'm going to give a listener a sweet deal on them. Okay. Because you can buy a Sure P3T, which is just the transmitter, because you've already got the pack, the wireless packs, the receivers, for just under 400 bucks. Okay? So you go buy a couple of those, which gets you more outputs for your board. Well, it doesn't, it gets you more monitors for your band. Okay? Okay. All right. That's step one. That would be wireless. Wireless. Yes. I would hardwire your drummer and keyboard, whichever direction you want to go, like the AM2, I believe it's 500 bucks. Dante, boom, power over Ethernet, two outputs right there. Done. Okay? Tracking. All right. Let's talk about your vocalists. Let's talk about it. You've got a lot. We have several. You have several. Okay. On a average weekend, do you normally have this many or would you say this is just a... Uh, it's a possibility to have this once every quarter, every six months, once a month. I believe the vision is to have this regularly. Okay. 
I would maybe suggest you put, if they're not leading a song, like actual, like leading the song, they're more of a backup vocal, put them in a little arc off to the side or the back with a stage wedge, even though we were just saying we want to get rid of the stage wedges. But for them, I would give you a stage wedge, whether that's three vocalists or four vocalists, whatever. They're in a little U-shape right in front of that stage wedge, and you just freed up three or four monitors for That's band. true. That's true. I don't think that that many vocalists, if they're strictly backup vocalists, necessarily need to tie up an $800 wireless system, which is then making you have to build a second monitor system for your band. See what I say? I see what you're saying. Okay. I'm tracking. All right. I would say that would probably give you enough monitors right there. You free up, let's say, three or four firm vocals. Hardwire pack one or two people. You sell the my mix to someone that's going to get a sweet deal from listening to this. And you go buy two, three P3Ts for a thousand bucks, a little over 1200 if you get three of them and you'll be golden. And then we try to get people into stereo mixes versus mono. I think I would say probably the bass player could probably stay mono. Electric, drums, all of those, they need to be stereo because they do more panning and that type of stuff with their... Their drum with, kit is a yeah, full left to right. Yeah. There's delay happening on and the guitar. And it is weird. It is weird to have anything in mono because we don't hear in mono. Even if you put two headphones in with mono, it's still mono. So your head is still thrown off a little bit if you don't, if you don't have the ability to pan things. And it opens up more space in your monitors to be more clear when they're panned. That's probably what I would do. So we have a very similar setup. So we run the CL5 at front of house. We do have a full-on monitor world system up on stage. However, we use an M32 for our board, which is 16 outputs. We run, all of our band is on stereo, and our vocals are, I believe our vocals are on mono, I believe, just because of the limitation of only having 16 outputs. But we, like I said earlier, we run the PS. PSM 300s for our vocalists, PSM 900s for our band, and then AM2 hardware packs for drums and keys. So, yeah, that gets us, but we also don't have seven vocalists. So, if we had that, I would probably do what probably what I suggested to you. We typically only have three or four vocalists. So, we're able to have enough outputs on our board. Yeah, your band is made up of then, your complete team is made up of eight people. If, yeah, if ten, yeah. Eight to ten. Yeah. Which this board would cover, Mm -hmm. stereo mix-wise. Yep. But yeah, right now, with this current board, we could potentially, giving everyone on the board, we max out now at, my math, 14 people Mm -hmm. because it has 14 individual auxes 
And that's eight of those would then be mono. Six of those would be stereo. Yeah. That's if everyone had their own mix. If everyone had their own mix and didn't have to right. share with someone else. Which I, I just, I truly think that if you had that many vocals, you put them in a arc in the back center or back right or left or whatever, get three or four back there with a stage wedge and call it a, a day. Get, call it a day. Call it Sunday. So let's talk about how people actually mix their monitor now that we have a monitor board. So there's two ways to do that. One way is you you have a monitor engineer or monitor person that would be sitting at that board and they mix all those outputs for your band, which is a lot of outputs, depending on how big your band is. Or the other way is, which is what we do, is our board is on a network and everyone downloads the M32 app on their mobile device and they're able to mix their own monitor from their iPad, iPhone, Android, whichever. So complete wireless, so they don't have to have a um, a MyMix, you know, stand and a unit at their side. Their phones are wireless, their packs are wireless, so they just pull their phone out of their pocket, do their mix. They could put it on their music stand or put it back in their pocket and and they're done. So that's our current plan as well to use the app and yep. they can stay where they're at. They can, cause right now part of the struggle is they physically have to like leave their post to go make an adjustment, to make a change. Yeah. Versus with an app, they could stay there. Now they Which, probably don't want to pull that out during the service, service right. to make an adjustment. Yep. But during rehearsal, it's still just more convenient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I don't know, maybe during, maybe if they walk off side stage and they want to make a quick adjustment during the service, they could do that. Sure. Um, but it's still a hassle. It's still Especially a hassle. Especially depending on the musician that you always get that picky musician that everything has to be just right and sound just right. And I'm kind of that way when I play bass. I just want a big full mix in my ears. And so I'm constantly making changes to make sure that I'm able to hear what everybody's doing. So, um, but you get some people that, you know, they do a basic generic mix and they set it and forget it and and they just move on with life and they're able to sing their songs and and continue that way. But yeah, you get some of the people that are kind of picky and if they have to put their instrument down to go make a change, that could be a little, a little much. I wanted to ask, are you running your monitor board with board onboard processing to the ears or not essentially we are you are yes so the nice thing with having a separate board is the only thing that is shared is gain so our front of house mix or sets the gain and that sets the gain for front of house monitors and for broadcast and that is the only thing that's shared between those three systems and so monitor board they they do have a trim function where they can adjust the level a little bit but it's not like a digital gain right it's not just in the preamp Um, but they do have eq compression gates all that type of stuff effects 
and they're running all that stuff on the board. We do run a waves sound grid at front of house and broadcast, but that doesn't touch monitors at all. So everything's just on board. And we don't, we also don't send everything to monitor boards that front of house and broadcast gets because that board is only 32 channels. Our drums take up, I think it's 12 channels just for drums, but we don't send all that stuff to monitors. So we get more stuff sent to front of house. We get tracks broken down at front of house and broadcast. But it's, but it's just a summed stereo pair for monitors. Or where are you summing it? Uh, that's a great question. I'll have to come back and figure that and let you know on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, my plan is to do similar, and yep. I'm planning to sum it at the front of house desk. And then send it as a group or whatever. And then send that out as a whatever it is, group or aux. Yep. So it's a stereo pair, but yep. we can have a breakdown of it at front of house. Yeah. Another example is like bass. We only send just the um, input of the bass to monitors. Front of house gets a. That's right. You get a, the dirty channel. Yeah. So we run a distortion channel on a like a double patch to add a little bit of grit to the bass. So we have two channels at front of house and two channels at broadcast. So things like that. And I was planning to do two on my two bass on my uh, mixing desk or the monitor desk. Yep. But now you're saying that probably could get away with just the one there, but have the two at the front of house console. Right. Yeah. I mean, just things like that because front of house, we can have up to 72 channels, but obviously monitors is only 32. So some things have to give if you're running that big of a band or that many inputs, you can't send everything to monitors. And they don't need everything sent to monitors, let's be honest. So they just need their basic stuff and and they're fine with that. In so. a super, super professional, high-level context, a lot of popular bands traveling or bigger churches do have a dedicated front of house engineer. Yep. One or two even. Same thing with monitors, one or two. Yep. And I've seen it where they're running large Yamaha Revage series yep. consoles. With lots um, of inputs. With lots of inputs and, lots of and outputs. outputs. Yep. And that really is the, I mean, we've heard it said at different conferences that the reason most upgrades happen for consoles isn't always the inputs anymore. It's more the outputs. It's yep. more the outputs and that's what I'm running into here. Right. In this scenario is we went this route because the 34 channels sounded great. <laughs> and <laughs> for yes. In, for inputs, yes. And outputs, like we can make it work. Right. But is it scalable to the degree that we'd like? I'm not sure. Yeah. Where, which is fine. We'll eventually we'll upgrade this board and get something else. And this one will go to one of our other rooms sure so that's fine and we'll use it and scale it as much as we can right now yeah thanks for all the input like of course i'm sure there's more questions that i'll have (laughs) online or offline yeah yeah if if anyone's out there if anyone is out there and they are interested in doing a monitor board a separate board and even running board uh, monitors from front of house the outputs knowing how many outputs you have when you're 
looking for a new counsel is just as important as the input. It's kind of like um, when you buy internet. Most internet companies tell you how much your down sp- download speed is, but they almost don't really tell you what the upload is unless you like you can find it, but it's not like it's not the big bold text like the download speed. Yeah, because most people don't look at they they just care how fast the they're download just is. consuming content. That's they're right. not necessarily uploading yep. content. And so in our context, we have to look at the ins and the outs. And so the funny thing is, our CL five. We're not running monitors on it, right? Because we have a separate board and we're maxed out on the outputs on our CL5. Well, we didn't hit on that either yet. Right. Part of the reason we're using a whole nother mixing desk for this is because we are maxed out on outputs on our current desk. Now, part of that might be alleviated with changing... You know, because we are doing a lot of that summing right now, like all the drums are coming in on a stereo pair that we send to the band for that one channel. We're using like grouping to have, you know, parallel compression happening. Right. We send everything to groups at front of house. And we're doing the same. Yeah. So all of those outputs are occupied. And while our board does have an outdated app, Technically, we could do this same thing using our desk, but this just gives us that freedom and flexibility. Yeah. And obviously, we're, we are using all of those outputs. Right. Yeah, we're sending a lot of... Well, we basically send all of our stuff to groups. And then the groups go to front of house. No, just like within front of house, we send all of our inputs like a band or a drum group and a bass group and guitar group and all that. And so those actually use the auxes or the outputs of our board. And then those get sent to um, the main left, right. So yeah, all of our groups, all of our outputs are maxed out now on our board. So, but yeah, outputs are just as important as inputs. So. Which I did calculate ahead of time. Sure. But in this case, our scalability rate increased as that transition yeah. happened. And it's very important to to remember mono versus stereo because a lot of people will look at a board and say, oh, it's got 16 outs. That's 16 people on stage. That's way more than we will ever have on stage. Well, that's if you're running mono. And it's really important, especially with in-ear monitors. A stage wedge, you can get away with mono and be just fine. But when you go into in-ear monitors, you have to run stereo, which then basically cuts your outputs in half if they're all stereo, which is then eight, which is not very many when you really look at it that way. For us, this still, I believe, is still an upgrade. Of course. From what we're doing. But yeah, there's limitations for whatever you're doing, especially as you have limitations in your budget. Right. Budgets uh, kind of trump the uh, limitations a little bit in this case once again budget probably trumped us a little bit and we're making do with what we've got of course yep um but yeah as we use this tool to glorify god we hope to bless others and in so doing maybe a blessing will return yep and we'll upgrade the gear eventually but yep for now we're gonna make it work and we're gonna do the best we can with what we've got And it's going to be great. 
Oh, it's going to be fantastic. And the band's going to love it. It's going to sound better. It's super easy. Our band, even though obviously it's a different app because it, it's a different manufacturer, but our band loves it. When we made the switch from mixing monitors at front of house to a board, it was like, oh, our our team loved it. We When we actually made the switch, so we've been running this way for, I don't even know how long. It's been years we've been running this way. I would say we switched probably eight years ago. We've been running a separate monitor board. And back then it was actually an analog board when we first did it. Oh, yeah, it was. It was an old Allen and Heath GL something board that we have. We still have, actually. It's in storage. And that was our monitor board at first. And we just did an analog split. And uh, it worked great. It gave us separate preamp, or um, yeah, separate preamps because it's an analog split. But so a little more setup. But the team loved it. It was great. And then we, I think from there we actually went to the Midas M32. Like that, I think that's how long we used the analog board. I'm pretty sure. And so it it's been wonderful. And our band loves it. They get the the app. Mix their monitors, they can set their EQs and all that stuff, and it sounds sounds great. So your team will love it. I'm sure they will. And I'm already loving it. And like I said, our kind of started alluding to I set up the board at the front of house station this past weekend. Yep. And I could hear the difference. Like of quality because I'm a musician myself. I've used the MyMix and I'm setting them up every week for everyone else to use. So I could tell the quality difference mm-hmm. in the preamp and just even the flow of use, you know, how it mixes, just turning it up and down versus like clicking and turning a yep. dial. Yep. So did they, you, did you, oh, here's a question. Oh, I okay. love questions. Did you run multi tracks through? The TF1. I have not done multi tracks through the TF1 yet. Okay. I live routed it. Okay. So, so you during, were listening in real time. In basically. real time during rehearsal. Okay. Um, I'm at the console yep. trying out a stereo mix, trying yep. out a mono mix. Like, got just it. Okay. Experimenting, wanting to see like the dials moving and sound coming into the board. Yep. Especially because it's going to be located off side stage. Like, I didn't want to implement something new and not be able to like see what's happening and know like how it even responds. Right. Without having like a dedicated person right there watching it. Yep. Nice. So it's pretty fun. Like, (laughs) it's a little guy. It's a little guy. It's a little guy. But. In the TF series, at least, you didn't really, you don't really gain any more inputs ins or, or outs. Yeah, you just gain more physical faders. And in this case, we didn't need you didn't, you didn't need the physical more faders. physical faders. Right. Now, the TF rack does have less outs on it physically. Mm. So that's so why you did not. Do that's that. why we did not do that. Also, I kind of just like faders. Like, there's just something about physically being able to interact with it. Not that it's always necessary. Yep. But it does have actually more physical outs on it. 
which right. is great right. for our case. Yep. Nice. Well, you've entered the world of monitors, Eric. Well, you're well, we've already had the monitors. We've already had an isolated monitor sure. mix thing going on, kind but of now isolated. we're yeah. Now we're entering this new totally monitor world, monitor mixer station separately. Which, like, oh, you I didn't said, ask. Where are you going to store this? Where, like, where is it going to live? Um, you didn't ask, but I did mention it. It's going to live back side the stage. Backstage. Got it. It's going to basically live right where our current MyMix cart is located, which, yeah, our stage will move around and things will move eventually, but it's just going to be off side stage. Yep. Or, Got it. I mean, if you do need to interact with it, yeah, walk over to it, make an adjustment done, or it's going to be connected to a network, so wireless right. access right. done. Sweet. Nice. But yeah, exciting stuff. I know that our team is going to love it. Even as we scale our team, they're going to love it. Like, And yeah, we'll hit a breaking point and say, you know what, this board isn't going to work for us anymore. So we'll have to make that budget call and purchase something else. But then we'll just shuffle our systems around throughout the building and this board will work great for something else. Kids room or Kids something room, like that. Kids room, youth room, whatever it is. And Yep. Like I'm just really excited. Like, and there's there is something great about having so many people on stage. Like it's really been yeah. fantastic. We have a really wide stage. And we have so a really wide stage. You kind of need the people to fill out that. So it's just I'm looking forward to this area of growth nice. in monitor world. Good old monitor. And we're world. just getting started with something basic and and I'm excited to just remind everyone that we have this giveaway going on. We do have a giveaway from CMG. From CMG, they've graciously given us the opportunity to give away a premium subscription to their program, yeah. uh, which they provide a lot of backgrounds, templates, templates pictures, pictures, just everything to transform your entire church environment visually. visually. Yep. Um, so all you have to do to enter that is go follow our Instagram page. Us. Technology in, in worship. worship. <laughs> yes. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Just go follow us. We're going to announce a winner on our Instagram in at a, the end it, of March 22. Yeah, just a few more weeks left and we'll we'll get a winner. But even if you don't want to enter the giveaway or even if you don't need a CMG subscription, please follow us on Instagram. Yes. We'd love to have a way to connect with you. For sure. Eric, I've got one last question for you. So a few episodes ago, you brought up the issue that you're having of um, your keyboard changing your playback arrangement. Yeah. And skipping. It was doing some funny things. Some awesome stuff. Yeah. Give us an give us an update. The update is we have given up on playback. Oh for our, really? <laughs> currently, yeah. Aww, for our main worship stinks. services. Well, it doesn't. And we could potentially try it again now. The update is we actually have moved away from using main stage. Okay. So now we have moved our keyboard sounds into Ableton. 
All right. I guess it really doesn't change anything still because the keyboard was the problem for able to, or for playback, playback. not main not stage. Not main stage, correct. But now all of our tracks and our keyboard sounds are all coming out of Ableton. One Ableton session. So one Ableton session in session view. Got it. Where different clips are triggered yep. to do the tracks and then so different no more sounds play, no are more playback. brought up and down. No more playback isn't quite true though because we are using playback for our youth services. But that's in a different room. Different room that is less produced. Mm-hmm. We're st- we still do automation, click cues. Do you run an Ableton session in that room? No. So it's just playback. And that room is just playback. Keyboard sounds are coming off of the keyboard. So no, ma- no, no main, main stage. stage. Got it. So it's definitely simple. It's more like... So there's not even MIDI coming out of the keyboard in there? No. Got it. Okay. We've we've done that, but now we're at the point where we're just saying, you know what? The sounds on this keyboard are great. They're walking in and why rehearsing. Make, why make things technical and difficult? And more complicated. Sometimes less is more. In this case, we believe it is for sure. Yep. And it's been working great because there's not a ton of rehearsal time ahead of time. There's plenty of it. Like there's plenty of space for it, but I mean, these kids are in high school, so they're They're doing high school things. They're not paying attention anyways. Let's be honest. They're very high caliber (laughs) actually, but they're walking in, rehearsing, and it it just kind of made sense to lessen that load. Yep. So, so no no playback in the main worship in the main center. worship center Got right okay. now, and everything's been working smooth now. Yeah, everything's been just working running smooth. on Ableton. No complications. Just there you go, guys. If you have issues, just get rid of stuff. Uh, honestly, though, less is more. Like if you can simplify your process, do it. Well, thanks for the update. Yeah. All right, guys. We will be back next Monday with an amazing episode. See you then. Later.